Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. We're going to talk about Parshas Mitzayra and a little bit about Shabbos Agado. Parshas Mitzayra, Shabbos Agado. Okay. So the beginning of Parshas Metzora talks about the tahara, the process of purification of tahara of this Metzora who made some ruchniyistic mistakes, lashon hara. There are other others mentioned in the sugya and erchin. And zaystia tayras hametzora biyoyim taharasay vehuva elakayin. This is the tayra of the metzora. On the day of his tahara, he's brought to the Kayan. So, it's interesting. Ayrosh Shiva used to quote to us a Rambam in Pirusha Mishnayis that says a Chiddush. And he says as follows. He says that you would think that if you have two people that are both Tahar, one of them was always Tahar, and the other one was Tameh and became Tahar. You would think that those two people are the same. Bottom line is they're both Tahar. But he told us that the Rambam says that there's a Madrega of Tahara more in someone that was Tameh and became Tahar because the Tahara paskins that he's Tahar now. So there's some Maila in his Tahara. And the truth is that there's a big lesson about the life, the kaychos, what happens to someone who was in a situation in Ruchnius that was, that, that, that he was struggling in Ruchnius or a, or, or a, a tumma or a yurida, which even though Tsaras is a tumma, but it's very associated with the yurida in Ruchnius because we know that it's a manifestation of Averis that causes the Tsaras to, 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 to arrive. And you find, Haflevafel, you find an interesting thing, the Marsha in Mesech to Shabbos on Davlamid Beis, over there the, the Gemara brings a, a Pasuk that's Maramis to the Shisha Zidre Mishnah. So Chachma is the, the Gemara says is Merames to Kachim. Das is Merames to Tyrus. Kachim is about things that have kedusha to them, Karbanos, the Mikdash, things that have kedusha. Tahara is how to deal with it if 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 Tuma arrives, how to deal with that and bring about Tahara. One would assume that Kudshim is on a higher Madrega than Tyrus. Certainly Kedusha is not just pure, but also as an additional Maila of being Kaddish. It didn't feel the same, Rabbi Yosef. Alright, it has that additional Maila of being, of being Kaddish. 
So the Marsha asks, what would you associate as being a bigger Madrega, Chachma or Das, Ragafaiva? What would you say? Das. Das. Das, Rashi says in Kisisa that Das is Ruach HaKodesh. The Tzalel was different than the, the you know, it was different because he, we, we mentioned this at the time that he's, he has this Madrega called Das. Das is a higher Madrega. So tell me something. So why is, why is Kachim Chachma and Tyrus Das? It should be the other way around. Chachma is, is a lower level. It's Chachma, Bina, Das. Das is the higher Madrega. So it should be first Tyrus and then Kachim. Kachim should be Das. So we were taught that the Pshad is as follows. The Pshad is that even though it's true, that Kedusha is a Madrega that's higher than Das, than, that's higher than, than, than Tahara. But the depth of effort and accomplishment that comes from a person rescuing themselves from Tumma and making themselves Tahar is a greater um, investment of Das than going from Tahar to Kaddish. It's a greater accomplishment if, if I look at the Kaychas HaNefesh of a person to take myself from a negative place, from a Yerida place, from a, from a, from a, 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 a place of Kishlein and Tumma and to figure out a way, to figure out the road back to our Kaddish Baruch Hu, to be able to no longer be Tameh then once I'm Tahar, to be able to then uh, achieve Kedusha. And that's why Tahara, Tyrus is, is attributed with the higher Madrega of Das. So with this, many, many years ago, Tavshin Nun Hei, when Charles Shudas and Tavshin Nun Hei, Shiva, based on this, explained to us this intriguing Rashi in this week's Parsha. The Rashi talks about that there's, the, the Pasuk says that there's gonna be a nega tsaras beveis eretz achuzaschem. That there's gonna be tsaras in the house. <clears throat> now tsaras in the house comes about because of averus. As a result of averus, a person could, chas v'shalom, have tsaras on the walls of his house. And yet, Rashi says that the tsaras was an opportunity for Klal Yisrael to discover the matmoniyos, the treasures that the Kananim hid in the walls of their houses because they didn't want it to fall to Klal Yisrael, so they hid it in the walls of the houses. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu brings tzaras, and the tzaras, and the tzaras, um, the halacha with tzaras is that you have to uh, you have to knock it away, you have to undo the wall in that area. So they would knock away the cement, the plaster, the whatever it is, the avanim in that area, and they would open it up, and they would find the holes with all the treasures in it. And that was Hakadosh Baruch Hu's way of giving Klal Yisrael the matmoniyos, the oitzrois of zov v'kesef of the of the the kenanim. The shaila is these are the avaryonim. What do you mean? Having tzaras, that's a sign indication of a rasha. The Kayan gives Musr, the Pasuk says, uh, with the, with the Medrash. So what's the Pshat that, uh, the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the treasures, 
The way HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the treasures is that someone does an Aveira and he discovers treasures in his house. That sounds a little bit like Chaytei Niska. It's such a... I remember when I used to teach this uh, Rashi back in the day and ask this question, I always used to say, like, why Tsaras? Why didn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu just make arrows point to those areas? Like, Hashem needs to use the Tuma of Tsaras? So the Rosh Hashiva said, no, it's very, very specific. And the truth is, he didn't mention this then, but we actually discussed a few weeks ago a Yusoid. And the Yusoid was that sometimes when a person is in a negative matzav, they're in a matzav of Yurida or Avera or, or Midas Ra'is, and they, they, and they, they can become so fired up and so, so yearning, have such God to go back to be close to Akadish Baruchu, that they could accomplish greater things than the way things were before they fell. If you remember, we discussed this, Le'inyan the Nesim. The Nesim brought the Avne Shoyim, the Nesim Heviu, Eis Avne Ashoyim, the Avne Amiluim, that the Nesim brought the precious stones to the, to the Mishkan, so the Nesim is, Hanesim is spelled Chaser, because they had an atzlus, they had a laziness to them, that they brought the, they, 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 they did, they didn't give, um, generously in the beginning to the Mishkan, they waited to see what everyone else gives, and because of that there's a Yud missing in the word Vahanesim, but also Vahanesim means the clouds, because Bimderech Neis, clouds brought the Avne Shoyam to the Nesim so that they could give it to the Mishkan. And we spoke out then that Rav Tzaddik says in Sitka Tzaddik that sometimes when a person, they were Nisatzel and they lost out the ability to give to the Mishkan. And that burned in them. It caused such a yearning to be close to Hashem that they were Zeicha that their Nidvas HaMishkan came B'derech Nes. So that's what's going on over here. Yes, this person did a Chait. This person spoke Lashon Hara or one of the other Chatoim that brings about Saras. But in the process of making himself tahar, that's das. That's a process of reaching deeply within ourselves. Finding the roots of the things that are negative in our lives. Doing tshuva. Trying to redirect our attention and our koiches to, towards Avaidus Hashem. And in that process, we discover matmanias inside of ourselves. We discover that we're full of treasures, of kaychais, of midais, of dveikos bashem, that we would never have discovered had we not had the Aveira. Sometimes it's the process of the struggle with the Eitzahara that reveals who we truly are. And it's in that struggle that we discover our greatness. And that's what happens to that Baal Lashanara, that his house, uh, Tsaras, attaches itself to his house. And he goes, Oi, what did I do? I can't believe I have this Ruchni, it's like a disease. And the Kayan comes and the Kayan speaks, as the Major says, says Divrei Musar to him about his Tafkit in the world and, and, and so on and so forth. And he starts to discover such a yearning to be close to Hashem that Imamish discovers a treasure within himself, which is represented by the treasure that he discovers within the walls of his house. So, I think it's more, uh, we'll talk about it soon. <coughs> it's interesting that 
one of the simonim of Tsaras is in the hair. Right, you, ch- you check out the hairs. A lot of the, on, on the skin, a lot of the simonim we saw last week is in the, in the, in the hair. Say or love on the different, different, different colors of hair and so on. So, it's interesting that here, Sayer is a term, a word, that represents smallness. Like when you're talking about something very, very, very tiny, you say it's Kichot HaSayra. In fact, when you're measuring something, it's a shear, which is very similar to the word seyor. Even though it's a shin and a sin. And it's not true that the, it says in the Gemara that one of the things, one of the averis that brings about tsaras is tsarosayan. It's when a person is very limited in their, in their generosity and the bigness of their, of their spirit and their, their, their ability to, to give, to be big. People that are very small-minded. The truth is that even though it says Tsarasayan, we're more uh, accustomed to the idea that Tsaras comes because of Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara is Tsarasayan. Lashon Hara is that I, I see the smallness in a person. I see the negative. Instead of seeing the godless, I see the katness. It's looking with... People that are Bali Lashon Hara have small eyes. Right? They, they, they see smallness. They're attracted to, 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 to shiflos. They see smallness. So one of the simonim of tsaras is seir, like chota seir, that little smallness. It's gewaldig because in, in this week's parsha, the pasuk tells us that the um, that the person that's that's becoming tahor, um, they the hiskaleach that he shaves his he gets completely shaved. And the gimel is a big gimel, right? There's a, a gimel rabasi. What? Oh, it's in last week's version? No way. How do you know that? That's scary. Oh, the gala, right, right. Here it is. The gala, shkoya, from last week's parasha. Pasuk lamid gimel. The remus for Absharans. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> his So, so the gimel is large. Why does it have a large gimel when the person is going through his process of tahara? What's the large gimel? The large gimel is because the Gemara in Habayna tells us when it's analyzing the Aleph base and it's putting, uh, we talked about this, uh, uh, by this two weeks ago, I think. Um, when, when it's talking about the um, the meaning of the letters, so Gimel Dalit, the Gemara says Goimel Dalit. Gimel is a lashon of Goimel, which means to give. A giver, that's godless, that's greatness. The opposite of a tsar ayin is a gadol. The opposite of someone who's who's looking like you know who's small minded, who's, who's who who thinks in pennies, who's who's not generous. Is someone who's a goymel, he wants to give of himself to others, to his mishpacha, to his chaveirim, to, to nitzrachim. He wants to give. 
So that's why the, the, the gimel in the process of tahara, of the mitzayra, it goes from the, the here, the sayer, which is the small, to the hisgalach, which is taking away the here, with the big gimel, to create, to create a, to create a godless. Okay, that's, that's Bayes. Now, I want to point out that there is a, another answer here to the question that we asked before about the, so the treasures that were hidden in the walls that it seems like you get schar for, for doing an Avera. And we'll have to, have to take care of Shlomi a little bit. So, so, um, so this, this is important. So, the Mahalach that I was accustomed to understanding this Indian with the last many years is based on one that my brother told me in his, in the name of his Rebbe, that the idea is that finding a treasure in the walls behind the Tsaras is actually Musar for Lashanara. It actually is Musar for Lashanara. Because the MS is that there are no bad yidn. If you dig deep enough, you find godless. And you can always, always, always find godless in a yid. Always. There's always a god. There's always oitzrois, tumunois. There's always treasures hidden behind the walls. And even the ugliest walls, some, you know, they, they have, they have treasures beneath them. The Balash and Hara is someone who, like we said before, with his small-mindedness, doesn't allow himself to see the true godless that lies befnim. He gets distracted by the surface. That's the that's the balashanara. I was just just came up recently when I the first few years that I was in the shul. So so the membership here was a. A much, much, much older membership. And the, and the Shmiras Taira Mitzvahs in the shul was much weaker than it is today. And at that time, one of the main functions that I served, you know, in the, in the shul was to do Levias. That was the first thing as a, as a rabbi that I learned how to do was Levias. And I remember that I used to, if someone was nifter, I would meet with the family and I would try to, I would try to learn about them and, and try to say real praises and real positive things about them. And these were people I didn't know so well. I just became raw. Some of them weren't coming to shul anymore. Wasn't so pasha. Anyway, I always tried to find Milas and to pull out of them special things about their relatives. One, one day, there was a year that was nifter. He had three daughters. The daughters, they were not Shemir Tairu Mitzvahs. And I spoke to them before the Levaya, and I said I would like to meet them a while before the Levaya so that I could discuss with them the opportunity to, to do some grief counseling and to talk to them about the Nifter to try to come up with something appropriate to say by the Levaya. So I was sitting around my desk. I used to have a big, massive office right across from this room in the locker room, co- uh, coffee room. And I had a big, massive desk that was like a half a circle. And uh, Baruch Hashem, the, the shul needed other things. And was sitting around the table, 
the three daughters, and I'm asking them about their father. I'm saying, well, you know, did your father come to the, come to the synagogue a lot? Does, did he support Israel? You know, whatever. I'm trying to, and they're like, yeah, he did some of those things a little bit, but that wasn't what they wanted to talk about. They, what they wanted to talk about was what an unbelievable practical joker he was. He was the funniest guy. This guy was just, and they're sitting there, but before, like an hour before his Leviah, his, the nifter was already upstairs in the social. And they're sitting there talking about, yeah, you remember that time? It was a, it was very classic. You know, the, the, the birthday cake that was really cardboard and he covered it with cream. Remember that time? It was so funny. And on and on and on. I'm starting to get sweaty and like, what am I going to talk? What am I going to get up? By Levaya, I'm going to say, yeah, maybe he did a couple of good things, but the main thing I want to share about the nifter is that he was a practical joker. What am I going to say? You have to look for the oitzeris. You have to look for the hidden oitzeris. What I ended up saying was that Emma's a thing. I just needed to think a little bit. I said the nifter, I sat with the nifter's three daughters for an hour before the Levaya. And I watched three sisters share memories of their father, joyous memories that they shared together with their father, without resentment and without unpaid debts of, of kindness and without, and they just loved their father and they enjoyed his memory. And we should all learn from this what it means to raise children that get along with each other and have a warm relationships with us. Is that MS? 100% MS. You just have to know how to tap away at the plaster sometimes and find the Oitzreis inside. And that's the, that's the message of the Oitzreis, Tmunais, Beveis Eretz Achuzaschem. So now, Shlaimi, now comes the, 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 what I think is very, very important. I noticed this a few years ago. How did the treasures get into the walls to begin with? <coughs> so I believe that the Lashon of Rashi is that Kol Mem Shana Shahayu Yisrael Bamidbar, that the entire 40 years that Klal Yisrael was in the Midbar, the Goyim were hiding away their treasures. Huh. What took Klal Yisrael 40 years? Yoim Lashona, right? The, what took Klaistro 40 years was the Miraglim. The Miraglim was an Avera of what? Of Lashonara. So it was because of an Avera of Lashonara that the treasures got hidden to begin with. The Lashonara hides the treasures. You asked about the Tzadikim Gemura, maybe their treasures weren't hidden. It's, 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 it was the Mem Shana, it can't be a coincidence, the Lashon of Rashi called Mem Shana, Shahayu Yisrael Bamidbar, is that amazing? So it was because of the Chait of Lashon Hara that it got hidden to begin with. And then the process, as a person grew and, and went through the process of Tahara, they rediscovered the treasures. Okay, so that's Gimel, that's the third Ha'ara on Parshas Mitzayra. Let me take for the last few minutes... Let me share with you a, a machshava about Shabbos Hagadol. Shabbos Hagadol, the, says in the halacha in the tour, that Shabbos Hagadol is a day that we commemorate a nace that happened, a big nace. Gadol. A big nace. What was that nace? 
The nace was that Shabbos fell out that year on Yud Nisan. Yud Nisan was the day that Klal Yisrael had to take the sheep for the Korban Pesach, which they kept in their houses for a few days to be mevaker, to make sure that it didn't have a mum, until they finally would check it on Erev Pesach and eat it uh, that first Leil HaSeder. And we know that that the Mitzrayim worshipped sheep. It was their Avayda Zara. And therefore, the the um, the Mitzrayim would ordinarily have not permitted, would have, would have, would have tremendously protested and stopped Klal Yisrael from taking sheep, but a nace happened, and Klal Yisrael and the Mitzrayim were, I think the Lushan of the Torah that they were grinding their teeth, you know, they were, there was nothing they could do, because Klal Yisrael was, uh, was taking the sheep, and, and, and they were powerless. So that's the nace of the, of Shabbos Haggadah. So the Paiskim, Across the board, ask the obvious question here. What does it got to do with Shabbos? Shabbos Haggadah has nothing to do with Shabbos. It's something that happened on Yud Nisan. You know, we have, we have Tu B'Shvat, we have Purim on Yud Adar, we have, like, since when do we go after the Shabbos before Pesach? This year it's not Yud Nisan. The only time it's Yud Nisan is when Pesach falls down on Thursday. It's, uh, yes. That is correct, I think. So, so, um, so, wh- why Shabbos? Why be miyaches to Shabbos? Now, if you look in the Paiskim and Hilfus Shabbos Agadol, you'll find some interesting answers. Some say that there was another big nace that happened on Yud Nisan, and we don't want to get confused. And that is that when Klal Yisrael came into Eretz Yisrael with Yeshua, so the, they crossed the Yardin on Yud Nisan, Right, it makes sense because because Moshe um, Rabbeinu was nifter on Zion Adar, and they were Masabel for thirty days, so that's still Zion Nisan, and then they were Mechet for three days, and they crossed the Yarden, so it was Yud Nisan, and um, and we don't want to confuse, and we should think that we're celebrating the day because of the crossing the Yarden, because that was a big nace that the water piled up to to make a dry land so that the that the Yidden could cross the Yarden. So therefore, we're miyaches to Shabbos, Shabbos Hagadol, because Yud Nisan, in a sense, was like already taken. Some say that another event that happened on Yud Nisan was the Petira of Miriam Hanavia. Miriam Hanavia was Nefteris on Yud Nisan, and that's and that's why that's why we can't we can't use that. We're not miyaches to that day because that day is also like a Kilo. The day is already taken. Well. Yeah, but in the in the memory of Klal Yisrael. Anyway, interesting. The Or Hashulchan says a little bit more um, uh, hashkafically. The Or Hashulchan says that it makes sense that if you're talking about something that was a hachana for Pesach, that it would be nesiaches to Shabbos. Why? He says, because Shabbos Tzorech L'Pesach, Pesach Tzorech L'Shabbos. Because these are two foundations of our Emunah. Right? The Shabbos is the foundation, that Hashem created the world. And Pesach is our Emunah, that Hashem is running the world. Right? Like, as we know, there were philosophies that believed that a God may have created the world and then put it on automatic pilot or something like that. The great clockmaker. Dr. Hack, Rabbi Dr. Hack says, 
So yeah. So so the so the, the it, our way of being mafkia from that is that we have Shabbos that Hashem created the world, and we have Pesach that Hashem is mashgiach on the world, and the two emunas come together. So Pesach tzarech l'Shabbos and Shabbos tzarech l'Pesach. So that's why we're miyaches it to Shabbos. I wanted to suggest to cover this shear. I wanted to suggest another reason why we attribute Shabbos Hagadol to Shabbos. And that's really by going back and understanding why we call it Shabbos HaGadol. Why is it Shabbos HaGadol? Why isn't it Shabbos HaNais or Shabbos HaPesach or something like that? Why is it, why Shabbos HaGadol? So what I learned from my Rabbeim is that Shabbos HaGadol is called Shabbos HaGadol because that's the way the Nais came about. You know, like for example, the Gemara says, "Ein aroid meimis elahachet meimis." The Gemara says in Brachas, right? It's not the chaya, it's not the, the 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 wild animal that kills; it's the chet that kills. Why? What does that mean? What that means is like this: Hashem created Adam with an incredible stature. No one would start up with that Adam. And animals, and, and, and Adam has a, a inherent godless to him that would make the, the animal kingdom take a step back from that godless of that Adam. But when we do chataim, we diminish our stature. And when we diminish our stature, we have more in common with our animal, um, neighbors. And when we have more in common with them, they may, they, they can eat, they can take uh, it's easier for them to take advantage and to attack us. But if we would not be similar to, to the animals, we would live with the dignity of Adam, then, then an animal would not, would not be able to, to affect us, as we find by various tzaddikim and chas and nedrish, that they were not susceptible to being, to being attacked by nechashim and so on and so forth. In Klal Yisrael, was going out of Mitzrayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was creating a nation of Gedolim, a nation of great people. Until then, the Umay Sa'olam were the version of Adam of Achar HaChet. The version of Adam post-Chet, the diminished Vatoshe Solai Kapecha Heiniach HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kapay Olav Umiyatay Right? The, the HaKadosh Baruch Hu diminished the Tzura Sodom. And with a diminished Tzura Sodom, it's possible to attack him. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was creating Klal Yisrael, he was creating a nation that would live in the, with, with, the, with much greater stature. The stature of Mechablei Atayra, the stature of people that are on the derech to return to the Mail of Adam Kaidem Achet. And that brought about within them, a tremendous godless. And the Mitzrayim wouldn't attack them because you don't attack Gedolim. It's Shabbos HaGadol because it's a day of godless. Now the Sfarim tell us, I'm thinking specifically of a Sfasemes and Parshas Miketz, I think. The, the Sfarim tell us that the relationship between Shabbos and weekday is also a relationship between Katan and Gadol. Shabbos is a time where we have more of a small-minded approach. We, we work hard, we do our malachas, 
It's small picture. It's not big picture. It's it, even though it's avodas Hashem, but it's avodas Hashem in a smaller sense. It's in the weekday. It's in the weekday. It's in the zeis apechotayich alechem. It's in the. It's in, in in all the details, all the pratim of the chaye yaim yaim of the weekday. But when Shabbos comes, Shabbos when we're all bevchinas talmidei chachamim, right? We're all considered a chaver, right? We don't. We, we even believe in amaretz. There's a certain godless. The neshama yisera provides us with a certain godless that we become gedolim on Shabbos. So if that's the case. If that's the case, that's why there are tzaddikim that they people used to say about them that they're a Shabbos dekayid. It's a, it's a, like a godla anoshim gedolim are Shabbos dek. The the svarim say that a Talmud Chacham is like similar to Shabbos is in, in a Talmud Chacham among people is like Shabbos is among the days of the week. He's like the Talmud Chacham is like the Shabbos. So in Cain, if that's true, Rabbi Zay tell me. If you had a day that came out on Shabbos, and the whole essence of that day was that the greatness, the godless of of Adam, the godless of Kalal Yisrael was 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 being exposed, you would be miyachesit to Yud Nisan, or you would be miyachesit to Shabbos. Of course, it has to be Shabbos Agadol. A, a, a day that, that, that brought out, that was Megala, the godless of Klal Yisrael, of course is a day that should be Nisiaches to Shabbos, which is a day of godless, and that's the idea of Shabbos HaGadol, and it's an Achrayis for us. Just taking into account everything that we spoke about to, uh, tonight, where no matter where we are in our lives, and no matter what kind of ups and downs we've had, we've discovered tonight that a person could accomplish greater things even after a Yerida than he can without it. And that when a person struggles and achieves something, it's Megala Oitzreis within him that he may never have discovered without the, without the struggle. But importantly, as we go into Shabbos, as we go into Shabbos Agadol and ultimately into Pesach to recognize that the yantif that we're heading towards, starting with Shabbos, and the yantif that we're heading towards are days that demand of us to become bigger people, to think bigger, to think about not the not the not to have weekday, not to be weekday people, to be Shabbos people who think big. What am I doing in this world? What's important to accomplish? Am I allowing myself to get distracted with petty trivialities? Or am I focusing on what's truly important? And that's an avoid. You have been listening to a shear from shasilluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any daffin shas, including Myra McClellan's on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.